the Great Commission. We've had two parts of it, and, and we're going to continue that today. Great Commission. I almost felt afraid to, to touch this because it just almost seemed too great for me. Uh, and realizing my own uh, lack in this area of serving God faithfully. I serve God faithfully. I do witness. I say it all the time. But how much more I could have done and should have done. How much more I should be doing. And I'm convicted by that, but I'm also very hopeful because God gives us hope and He strengthens us and He helps us. Amen. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. I'm going to tell you this is the greatest commission ever given to mankind. You can't think of a higher one. Being elected president, being a five-star general in the military, there's not a greater commission than what the Lord has called His people to. From the least... <clears throat> from the least to the greatest of His people that are part of His kingdom and part of His church. We're called to this ministry. And let's read it today. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these sons shall follow them that believe in My name, Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay, shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. And that's how the book of Mark, the Gospel in Mark ends. It's a wonderful way to end. It's the Lord's commission to His people. This was not for just for the twelve disciples or the eleven at this time. This is for all those that have been bought by the blood of Jesus. All that are born again of His Spirit. Whether you just came into this thing today or whether you've been knowing the Lord for the last 50 years of your life. Um, this, this is a commission. A commission is simply a duty or command. Okay, given to an individual or to a group of people. I said it really applies to both. It's given to us individually and it's given to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not those that profess Christ in name only, but to the church of the living God, the born again believers. The Son of God has commissioned us to this. The eternal King of glory. Amen. The Savior of the world has commissioned His own to fulfill His will through the preaching of the Gospel. Through the preaching of the Gospel. We have to understand, how do I fulfill His will? Do I just be nice to people? People are thirsty, I give them a bottle of water. Those would be displays of, of the love of Christ. There's no doubt about it. But lost people can do that. And lost people do do that every day. Lost people do uh, give to charity and things like that. There's a difference. The Great Commission is to go and preach this Gospel. He said in verse 15, and He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. This is what we're called to do. The Bible says, Paul says that it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It's the Lord's pleasure and it's His will and it's His way that men are saved by the preaching of the Gospel being brought to them, them hearing it, the Holy Spirit giving them understanding and conviction and them repenting and giving their life to Christ by faith. 
Okay? It is through the preaching of the Gospel. In the first part, this is our third part today. In the first part, we talked about the, the fact that this is a ministry for all of us. You say, well, I don't have a ministry. I'm not part of that five-fold ministry that's spoken of in Ephesians, right? Apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and pastors. I'm not really, I don't fit into any of those. Well, you might not have that position as an office within the church and the body of Christ. But every one of us has this ministry. The Bible says that the Lord has given us in 2 Corinthians 5 this ministry of reconciliation. He has given to us a ministry. You have a ministry. I don't sing very well. I don't preach very well. I don't, you know, organize in uh, mission trips very well. You have been given a ministry, a ministry of reconciliation. All right. And so the Bible says we've been reconciled to God. We've been given this ministry. And in this ministry, the key component is the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you go preach the gospel. We don't just go and say, I'm a Christian. We just don't go and say, there's some people in Africa that need a, uh, they don't have water. We're going to help them dig a well. That would be expressions of our love for Christ to get an entrance, to bring the gospel to them. But it's not an end in itself to bring them dig a well of water or to minister to their needs medically. That is a wonderful thing. I believe in medical missions. I believe in building churches. I believe in digging water wells for people that don't have them. I believe in, uh, like our little children did last year, Raising money to buy a goat. Sounds kind of silly to buy a goat to send to people that don't have because they can get milk from that goat and be sustained for their family. I believe in that. I believe in the Operation Christmas Child giving the gifts to the little kids to brighten their day. But what we have to do is preach the Gospel. We have to preach the Gospel. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So there's nothing else that has the power of God unto salvation but the Gospel. We talked about this last week. What is the Gospel of Jesus Christ? The Word itself means good news. But the Gospel specifically in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that Christ died according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures as was seen of many witnesses. This is the Gospel. It includes the death, the burial, the resurrection of the eternal sinless Son of God all in accordance to the Bible. Just like the Bible said it would happen. And like Jesus fulfilled in His earthly life. And He is still he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That is the Gospel that we bring. And so this call of this commission is for all of us. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have been giving given the word of reconciliation. That is the gospel. That's what we talked about last week. How do I compel men? How do I convince men to come to Jesus? They don't know the Lord. They're lost in their sin. They're spiritually blind. As you and I were one time, they're lost, dead, spiritually dead, in trespasses and sin. As we were at one time. But God has quickened us. How do we get from A to B? How do we get from dead in sins and trespasses to quickened, which means made alive in Christ, it is by faith, but it is faith in the Gospel of Jesus Christ and the Christ of the Gospel that's presented. And so, we have been given a ministry of recon reconciliation and we're not sent out with our own devices to come up with, you know, you come up with your way to try to convince people. It is the power of God and it's the salvation, the Gospel. The Gospel is that. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved. But if they're going to be saved, they're going to be saved through the preaching of the Gospel. That's what it means. 
The pressure is not on me in one sense to make them saved, although I need to have a burning and a longing heart of compassion that they are saved and do come in. The, the, the responsibility falls on me to preach. But God gives the increase. God is the Savior of the world. The Lord is that. And He chooses to do it through the foolishness of preaching this Gospel. And so I am relieved from my own inventions of trying to come out with the most clever way to reach a lost man, a lost woman, a lost young person. I've said it last week. There might be different icebreakers that you use to start a conversation with a lost person or a stranger that you want to share the Gospel with, but quickly we need to get to the Gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because they're not going to be saved by coming and joining your church. They're not going to be saved by going on a mission trip with you or coming to your youth group. They might get saved at those places, but they're going to be saved by their response of faith to Christ and His Gospel. That's how they're going to be saved. So we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We've been given the word of reconciliation. And we are, as believers, every believer, not just the pastors and missionaries, are to be actively laboring in His field. The whole world is like a field. It's described that way in the Gospels. Uh, Even now the fields are white with harvest. That means there's always a time, every time, every era, every age, the fields are white with harvest. There's always lost people that would be saved if we bring them the Gospel. Some will not be. Some will choose to, to, to live and reject Christ and die in their sins. But there are a lot of people out there, y'all. I think sometimes we forget it. We think the world's gotten so cold and hard-hearted and there's so much deception and the love of many has waxed cold and all that's true. Sometimes we forget there's still a world of people that would be saved. That will be saved. That are being saved. While, we're, while they're being persecuted in China, there's great revival. I hear about it. While the Christians are being persecuted in Iran in this strict Muslim country where it's death. To really be converted and openly serve the Lord and have a Bible and so forth. There's great revival. Souls are being saved. We, we can't forget that the Lord, when, when, when time's over, it's over. But it's not over yet. Jesus said, uh, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it's day. The night coming with no man can work. But I always tell myself, I pray that prayer almost every day. And I said, Lord, it hadn't come yet. The night hadn't come yet. So that means there's still time. That means there's still today. When the night comes, that time of sowing seed and reaping harvest and so forth of the Gospel will be over. But that time has not come yet. The night coming with no man can, can work, but it hasn't come. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Guess what? He's still in the world. He's in His church. He's in you and me. And so, we are to be actively laboring the field for, in His field for what purpose? Going out, compelling men, that's the word, compel them in that parable about the, the man in, in, the, in the, his house, he says, compel them to come in that my house may be full or filled. The Lord wants His house to be filled. He wants it to be filled. His heart is aching and breaking and longing. He wept over Jerusalem because they rejected Him. You know, he wants men to be saved. I need to share that heart. Amen. I need Him to share His heart with me. I've got to. I've got to have the heart of God. I can't just do it like a robot. I have to have His compassion or I won't compel men. I'll throw a bunch of tracks out. Okay, well, I discharge my duty basically. 
I've told them about Jesus and I've detached and don't care about it. I don't want to be that way. I don't think, I mean, Paul said, I could wish myself accursed for my kinsmen that they would be saved. He says, Men and brethren, my heart for Israel is that they be saved. His prayer for Israel, his heart for Israel. What is it? He had to have God impart that to him, right? Make that our prayer, y'all. Make that your prayer. I know I need to be serving in your fields. I know I need to compel men through the gospel to come in, but I've got to have your heart, Lord. You've got to help me to do it. And I promise you, He will. If we could ever really, if I could ever really get a vision, a vision, like I, th- I think it was young McShane, Robert McShane, as a child, who just wept and wept and wept as a child, a young person, when he was hearing that he had to stop his ears from the crowds walking by. He was thinking of all the people that didn't know the Lord and going to hell. I don't have a heart like that. But I sure want to. He was a soul winner. He was a soul winner. His heart was there. I would think of like a booth with the Salvation Army. You know, rolling up his sleeves and going to the undesirable, stinky alcoholics out in the poor people out in the streets to reach them for the Lord. He had a heart for them. At his funeral, all these poor people showed up. All these converts that that came to know the Lord through his ministry. They knew, they knew one thing. They said he loved us. He loved us and he loved them enough to, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And as God's redeemed, we've been commissioned by the Lord. We've been given the calling. We've been given the message, the word of reconciliation. And what we're going to talk about today, y'all, specifically, God has not left us powerless to do it. We're going to talk about the power to fulfill it. The power to actually do it. God has given us the authority. We're going in His name. Amen? God has given us the supernatural ability enabling to actually do the work. It's beyond us. But it's not beyond Christ in us. And I'm, I'm kind of combining two Scriptures that Paul said, who is sufficient for these things? And another passage he says, our sufficiency is of God. I'm putting those together because we look at the ministry of reconciling, compelling lost men. They don't know me. They don't know the Lord. They're lost and dead in their sins and trespass. They're about their life. They're busy. They're not thinking about God, possibly. And I'm sent out to win them to surrender their entire future and everything to this God they can't even see. Lord, it's too much. How can I do that? And God, I don't love them like you, you love them. It's too much for me. But our sufficiency is of God. The one who commissioned us enables us. The one who commissioned us and called us and discharged it, gave us a duty to fulfill is, has enabled us and, and, and does enable us and empowers us. And y'all, I thank God for that. To labor in His fields successfully on His behalf to do the work of God. It's not enough that we're called to preach and it's not enough that we're given the Gospel to preach. God is, is sending us out. Don't forget this. We're not sent out as paid employees. They punch a time clock and when we're through, we're through. And we're kind of just the person we were before we went out. We are called to be ministers of this Gospel. We are called to be ambassadors for Christ. These are biblical terms. An ambassador is one who represents and sent with authority. Okay? Sent with authority. And there is a difference. 
between just going out and sharing John 3.16 with somebody and you and I being a living, breathing testimony of a changed life. And that's what He's sending us out to be. This is where the power of the Lord is necessary. God is sending us out to represent this holy, perfect, eternal, powerful, loving God of grace, mercy, justice, judgment. He's sending us out to represent Him and we have to live and walk and breathe and talk like Him. The Bible says, for as He is, so are we in this world. I'm not the Lord, but as He is, so are we in this world. How was Jesus? Well, he took on the form of a servant. He ministered. He was, only did the things He saw His Father doing. He had compassion on men because they, they were like sheep without a shepherd. He was seeking to save the lost. You understand? This is how our Lord was. He was wise as a serpent and, and so forth and harmless as a dove. We're sent out. There must be evidence of a changed life in us. If I'm telling people, give your life to Christ, He'll give you new life, eternal life. He'll break the power of sin from your life. It'll be awesome. It'll be wonderful. It is all those things. They need to be able to see, at least in part, at least in the measure of them knowing us, the evidence of that in my life. They have to be able to see that. And that power comes from the Lord. The Lord enables us to do that. The Lord speaks that to and through that through us. And, and the Bible says this, Paul says in Philippians, I'll just quote the Scripture, that ye may be blameless and harmless, that ye may be this, okay? Blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of, and that's where He's sending us, right? In the fields. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom He shone as lights in the world. We don't just have a light that we shine. We shine as lights in the world. In the midst of a dark, crooked, perverse people that don't know Jesus, that lie at every turn, or backstabbers and everything else, we're sent out holy and harmless without rebuke as lights in the midst of that. Not only our message, but our life. Our ev evidence of a changed life. We're to represent the Lord in here to one another. You're to represent Christ to me. Here, with the people of God. We're to represent Him out there to lost people that you work with and go to school with and go to the grocery store with. We are to represent Him before Jews and Gentiles, before kings and rulers and, and mayors and governors and bosses and CEOs of companies and before the people that, that live on the streets and don't have a home, before young and old, before rich and poor. We are to represent our Savior. We represent Him. And in order to do, do this, you and I must go. He's sending us out, right? As you go, preach. He's sending us out and as he, we must go in the power of the Holy Ghost. We must go in His power. Can I tell you that nothing else and nothing less will suffice for this. There's not a backup plan to the, to the baptism and continual filling of the Holy Spirit and that enabling of God through the Holy Ghost. There's not a backup plan. The enabling to go labor in God's field is going to come and does come through the power of the Lord by His Spirit. Amen? The Lord said to His disciples, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. And we talked about this a few months back. I preached a couple of sermons on that. I'm sending you as sheep. Just get the picture in your mind in the midst of wolves. Okay? It doesn't take long to say, that's not going to work. Okay? 
How does that work? It works because He's with us. It works because He empowers us. It works because He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It works because He enables us and empowers us by the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, it's hopeless. But it's not only not hopeless now, it's, uh, it's victorious because we're going in His power. I'll tell you how it works and we open with the passage today. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. So it's for believers. They're going to cast out devils. So you're greater than the kingdom of Satan. You're going to cast out devils. And think who did this. Jesus did this, right? In my name, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to speak with new tongues. The tongues of men and angels, right? That God gives us uh, heavenly tongues and so forth. Gifts of the Spirit. You uh, speak with new tongues, you'll take up serpents, and if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. You shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's how it works. And the Bible says, and after he had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven and sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth. And they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. There you have it. (laughs) He ascended to the Father. They went out in his name. And He's working with them. Thank God He's working with them. He's working with us. Thank the Lord. He's working with us. And we're laboring with Him. The Lord working with them and confirming the Word, the Gospel, with signs following. Amen. There's so many Scriptures. Matthew 28 has the same, uh, almost the same Great Commission. It's it's, it's His account. But where He says... uh, he says, uh, and Jesus came unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. It's almost the same thing. That's, the, that's how sheep in the midst of wolves can make it. Not only make it, be, be victorious. That's how we can compel men that are lost in their sin, dead to the things of God, that's how we can compel them to come in. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, uh, when He sent His disciples out one time, that it says that the 70 returned unto Him with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us, unto us through Thy name. This was just like a little trial run where He sent out 70 disciples. And they came back and they had been used, literally, to cast out demons. This was before He even went to the cross. In His name. They were going in His power. In His authority. Because He had enabled them to. Jesus said, uh, Paul, I give you power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing's going to touch us that the Lord doesn't let touch us. And He gets right to it. Serpents and scorpions. And He says, and all the power of the enemy. We go forth in His name. Lost men must not only be lost men out there must not only be told the correct words they must they must encounter the lord in the sense of christ bringing that to bear upon their hearts and lives they've heard that many many people not all certainly not all but many people in our country have heard the gospel they could tell you that they, they heard Jesus died for the sins of the world and things like this. And that He rose, supposedly He rose again and so forth. So we have the message, but God's plan for His missionaries is that 
that we be witnesses unto the Lord. Witnesses for Christ as we go out. That Christ would be evidently set forth before men. You understand what I'm saying? That, that it's like we, maybe it's a group of us, one of us, whatever, whoever's sharing the Gospel, that we are a living, breathing testimony of a changed life. With power. With the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It doesn't mean we're perfect or anything like that. Uh, Peter, Paul said this in 1 Timothy 1.16, Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to everlasting life. He was saying, I was, I was the worst of all sinners, a blasphemer and so forth, a persecutor. God saved me by His grace and mercy because He wants to show forth through my life a pattern. A pattern of what the Lord can do in the life. So there's power there. It's not just the message. We have the message of the Gospel. It is the power of God and salvation. But He has chosen to send out ambassadors to bring that Gospel. To empower us with the Holy Ghost. That people see the Lord in us. Amen. The Bible, I'll give a lot of scriptures real, real quickly here. But the Bible says, but we now, and we have this treasure where? In an earthen vessel. That the excellency of the what? Of the power may be of God and not of us. 2 Corinthians 4 7. We have a treasure. That's this gift of God, the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, eternal life, the Spirit of the Lord. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Just this old body that's breaking down. Okay? But we got this glorious treasure of Christ in us that's not breaking down. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen? That power is the power of God and not of us. I'll give a couple more scriptures real, real quickly. Paul said this to the church at Thessalonica. But our gospel came not unto you in word only. Think about what he's saying. Now here's a true man of God that brought the gospel. But he said, our gospel came not to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. That means conviction. As you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So there was a backup to it. There was something backing it up. The message. It was, you saw how we lived among you. We were different. We brought you this gospel and our lives backed up this gospel. We're telling you that Christ can change your life and, and forgive all of your sins and make you holy as He is holy. And we came and lived that way among you by the power of the Holy Ghost. You saw it in us. You understand what he's saying? And, and Paul said, um, he said that, that uh, it's not with enticing words of man's wisdom the preaching, he says, my preaching is not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith might not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. It's a wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, I didn't come to you with a bunch of eloquence trying to impress you, like some politicians trying to, you know, blowing a bunch of hot air, that stuff that may or may not be true because they're so eloquent. He came in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Because He wanted them to believe in the living God. And He said, I want your faith to be strong. 
long after I'm gone and my eloquence would be gone, I want your faith to stand in the power of God, not in the wisdom of men. Wisdom of man comes and goes. It's corruptible. It'll come to nothing. The power of God stands. Amen? I want your faith to stand. And so we're to come and go forth and live and preach in His name for His glory, empowered by His Spirit. David said this, God had spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. That's that power that we go forth in. And I'm going to spend the rest of the time today just talking about the power of the Lord. Okay, Our God is a God of power. power. Our God did miracles, and guess what? He still does miracles today. I can't think of a greater miracle, honestly, when you really think of how lost a lost man is, how dead a dead sinner is in their trespass and sin. There's not a greater miracle than that one being quickened and coming alive and being made new in Christ. I always say this, the, the you know, story of creation or raising uh, Lazarus from the dead or you know, these battles that you read about in the Old Testament where the Lord just went before Israel. None of those are greater miracles than a soul with a will going their own way and living their own like a sheep going astray. I've turned every man to my own way. And that soul being turned to Christ and saying, I give my life to Jesus. There's not a greater miracle than that. He's still saving souls today. He's still opening blinded eyes today. He's still doing all of these miracles and so he didn't just send us out. Uh, our Lord, I'm sorry, our Lord didn't just go out and preach. For example, he preached with authority. The Bible tells us there was a difference. He didn't preach like the scribes and the Pharisees. He spoke as one having authority. Even it was testified by lost men at the cross. Never a man spoke like this man spake. He might have said the same word that a lot of other people spoke. But nobody ever spoke like he did because he spoke as one having authority, power. That's how we're sent out. That's how we're sent out. Think about this. Our Lord commanded demons to come out and they did. He didn't have to scream and holler and shout at them. He commanded them to come out and they came out. End of story. We're talking about a God of power. Demons that have maybe possessed a life for 20 years, 30 years, taken up residency there, had a whole legion like that man, that demon possessed man that lived among the tombs. And Jesus commands them to come out, and they come out. We're talking about power, Holy Ghost, authority, and power. Our Lord, our Lord said to the sick, to lepers, to lame, to blind, to deaf, He made statements like, Receive your sight. And they received their sight. He spoke words to people like, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And he that had been carried in on the bed took up his little pallet, got on his own two feet and walked out. Amen. He said, Be made whole. He says, I will. Be, be made clean. He said to dead people, I say unto thee, Damsel, arise. And she rose. He said to Lazarus, After four days in the grave, Lazarus come forth. And he did. We're talking about a God of power, y'all. No, people are all wanting power. People getting the black magic, getting the Satanism, getting all kinds of stuff, wanting a little bit of power so they can do some little trick. 
That's real. I'm not, I'm not making it fun of it. But Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That settles it. His name is Almighty God. God had spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongs unto God. He is a God of power. And He's not stingy with it. He pours it out upon His people. He did it on the day of Pentecost. And He's still doing it today. He pours out His power upon people. He commanded the man with the withered hand in the middle of the synagogue and a bunch of people staring at Him, stand up, stretch forth your hand. And that old withered hand was made whole. Right in the midst of everybody. Nobody's staring at him. You don't have to shout and scream, do a seance, or do cartwheels. He spoke as one having authority. And he sends us to speak as one having authority. Our Lord Himself rose from the grave from the dead the third day. You don't have any power over me, Pilate. You only have what's given to you. I have power to lay down my life and take it up again. We're talking about power. The power of God. Amen? Our God is the one true living God and He's a God of power. He's not like any other gods with little g's that are out there, including the God of this world. He's not like those dumb idols that we read about all, especially in the Old Testament, that have eyes but they see not, and ears but they hear not, and tongues but they speak not. And they can't help anybody. And everybody that trusts them, they're like everybody that trusts in them, are vain and foolish. He's not like those. And His kingdom and His power and His church are not like those either. Not like any other religion or doctrine or following or belief system or anything like that. He's telling us He's the God of all power. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So when He's sending us out into the harvest fields to compel men to come in, He's empowering us to live like it. If we're born again, to live like we're born again. So we're going to tell them about the kingdom of God. Live like you're part of the kingdom of God. He enables us to do it. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles. And let's look at this in Luke chapter 24. A few Scriptures that we're going to close with today. Luke chapter 24. After Jesus rose, we know He was with His disciples for 40 days. That's during that time and towards the end of that time when He gave the Great Commission. And this is where He gave this as well. Luke 24, 46-49. And He said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. There's the Gospel. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in the name, His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of My Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with what? Power from on high. They were saved. They were born again. Uh, they were going to heaven if they died. But think about the 120 that gathered in the upper room. They were not ready to go out and minister in His name yet. They were lacking something. The Lord knew what they were lacking. It was the authority and power to, to overcome the enemy. The authority and the power to, to stand. The authority and the power to represent Christ rightly. And to do the miracles and so forth. He, they, they didn't, had not received that yet. They did about 10 days later. Okay? About 10 days later when they were praying in the upper room and we read about it in Acts chapter 2. Now this does not mean that every time you and I go out and share the Gospel with some, someone, necessarily that there's going to be a notable miracle that takes place. I don't believe that it means that every time you know, these signs are followed into the belief. Those are true. That's the Word of God. 
And we should see those things. It does not mean every time I share the gospel with somebody necessarily that I'm going to see that. But it does mean that as we go, we're going in His authority and in His power. And whatever is needed at that encounter, on that mission trip, uh, in that hospital, in that hospital bed, whatever is needed, you and I walk in there filled with the Holy Ghost are sufficient for that. For as He is, so are we in this world. I'm not Christ. I don't claim to be. I'm not a little God with a little G. I'm born again of His Spirit. And I'm filled with His Spirit and I go in His name. And He has called me and commissioned me to represent Him. And He says these signs shall follow them that believe. So it does mean we go with that authority and with that power. uh, Not only to witness, but to be a witness. How many of you know there's a difference in that? To witness which we need to do for Christ. We're going out street witnessing. It's not wrong to say that. We do that. We're going out to share the gospel with people. But God has sent us forth to be witnesses. And that's what we need to do when we go witnessing. We need to be a witness when we go out witnessing. Okay? A witness is one, uh, literally the word means uh, to a record, a testimony, a martyr. Dead to yourself, alive unto God. I just want to read this real quickly for time's sake, and being assembled together with them, this is Acts chapter 1, commanded them, this is right before He departed, I mean His last words, last few words before He departed and ascended to be at the right hand of the Father. He commanded His followers, they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith He, ye have heard of Me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not before, after. Okay? And ye shall be witnesses. He doesn't say you're going to go out and do a lot of witnessing. That would happen. But he says, ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, in the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen? Jesus went, this, went forth this way. Jesus Himself says in Luke chapter 4, and Jesus returned. This is after this temptation in the wilderness. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. That's how He came back. Most people you think He's been fasting. He's been getting beat up in a, in a sense. Tempted and by the devil and so forth. Nothing going for Him other than God going for Him. His Father and His faith in the Lord. And trusting in the Lord like that. It says that He returned to the power of the Spirit in the Galilee. And there went out a fame of Him throughout all the region and round about. And they were astonished at His doctrine, for His Word was with power. His Word was with power. It's the same Gospel we have. Maybe some of the same words we would say, but He spoke with authority. He spoke through the, 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 by the power of the Spirit of God. And I want to look at a really good example of this just real quickly. I'll turn with me to Acts chapter 8. If you're ever talking to somebody, or maybe you're trying to prepare a lesson on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you're, you're wanting to be refreshed and convinced of it more yourself to come to a better understanding, this is a wonderful passage. Acts chapter 8. And I want you to read this with me in verse 4. Now this is right after... Uh, Stephen had just been martyred. The first martyr that we read about in the New Testament. Okay? Stephen. For preaching the Gospel. He's martyred. And there was great persecution. It was a time of great persecution of the church. And Saul of Tarsus, who later became the Apostle Paul, was a ringleader of it. Okay? 
And there was such a persecution that the believers were literally scattered from Jerusalem. They were scattered. Okay? And a good example I heard of this is like if you're out in the, out in the woods and, and you got a campfire going and you want to put it out, probably the last thing you want to do is just start stomping on it. Because you throw some dirt on it or water or something like that, but if you just start stomping on it, the little sparks and embers will fly and catch the woods on fire. It's going to spread. And Satan tried to stomp out the church through persecution. He still tries today. And God uses it. God allows it and uses it to grow His church. And so they're going to places they would not have gone. They're leaving Jerusalem. They're fulfilling the Great Commission. What stirred them and what forced them was God through persecution. And here, I love this. Let's read a bit about Philip. In verse 5, Philip went down to the city of Samaria. The Lord had just said, you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Well, Philip goes down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. So he had the message, right? The word of reconciliation. He's got the ministry of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. And the people with one accord gave heed unto him those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. There's the authority and the power. Ministry, the word, and the authority. Why did they give heed? Why couldn't he just be another guy passing through town with some new strange doctrine? Hey, that's interesting. What was the difference? And the people with one accord gave heed to the gospel unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. A man is doing miracles. Because the Lord said, these signs shall follow them that believe. You'll receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses. Not just do some witnessing. There's some of the things that happened. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. I want to read that part because I always think it's exciting. There's joy. People think of Christianity being depressing and no fun. But people are being set free. Lame people are now walking. He's saying there's great joy in that city. And they're giving heed to the Gospel. Because the Gospel of power is being backed up by testimony and life of power. The same Christ that's being proclaimed to have risen from the dead through His preaching is being set forth before them with signs and wonders falling through a man that was saved. It's a beautiful picture. Okay? Beautiful picture of going out in the name of the Lord. Amen? Going forth. Paul was preaching the Gospel in, in Lystra and he was stoned and left for dead. And while the disciples came and stood around about, he stood up and walked off. We're talking about power, y'all. He was stoned and left for dead. Disciples come gather around. Maybe they're about to have a funeral service. I don't know. And while these disciples stood around, he stood up and walked, dusted himself off, went to the next town and preached some more. This is a gospel and a, and a ministry of power. It's the Lord's power. And He empowers His people. So I want to close with this thought. that Y'all, the Lord used that word back in, in Mark 16 where we started. So, and, and the Lord, after He had spoken to them, 19 and 20, He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. They went forth and preached everywhere. So one good thing is they're obeying the Lord. They waited till Pentecost, okay? But now when we do, we do see, and He commanded them, commissioned them, they waited for the promise. 
Now they're doing what He told them to do. And guess what? It's working. Does that mean everybody that heard the Gospel under their preaching got saved? No, it does not mean that. It does mean they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And the Lord working with them, confirming the Word. What does that mean? The Lord confirmed the Word that they preached with signs and wonders following. Amen. They couldn't preach any Word. First of all, they had to preach His Word. He confirmed His Word. Second of all, He confirmed it. That means to establish or stabilitate. So they're preaching the Gospel and the the signs and wonders and powers and the authority of God working with them serve to establish the Word. Confirm it. The Holy Ghost keeps setting it before people in power. You say He's all-powerful. My son's got a demon. Well, bring him to me. The Lord's going to deliver him. You understand what I'm saying? They cast the demon out like Philip did in Samaria. It's confirming the Word that's being preached. It's confirming the Christ of the Word that's being preached. That He's alive. That He's risen. It's establishing it. And so, the Holy Spirit confirms the truth of Christ. Isn't that what the Bible says? He won't speak of Himself. He will will, uh, speak of Me. He'll testify of Me. Jesus said He'll take the things of Christ and show them to you. The Holy Spirit, that's one of His ministries. And I would say it's His most prominent ministry in actively seeking to exalt Jesus Christ. So if somebody reads the Bible or hears the Word of God preached, whether it's a believer or a lost man, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is bearing witness to that and saying yea and amen to that Scripture. The Holy Spirit. No other word or religion or doctrine has that. The Bible has that. The Word of Truth. And the Word of Truth has the Spirit of Truth. The Eternal Holy Spirit confirming it and establishing it. And we are filled with this Spirit. Or to be filled with this Spirit. And we go forth in His power. Amen. And so, uh, the Holy Spirit brings about that conviction of sin in the heart of a person when they hear the Gospel. So that's, that's power too, right? It's not just the blinded eyes of the dead being raised to the blind being made to see or walking on water. It is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. A person might not even like you. And when you're sharing the Gospel with them, you might not really like them. And yet they can get saved. Because the Holy Ghost is going to take the Word of God and bring that to bear upon their hearts. When He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That means He'll convict and convince. Amen? And so I'm bringing this to a close, y'all. But we're not left to our own uh, message to bring, nor are we left as we go labor in His field to fulfill this great commission, nor are we left to our own power or ability to do it. Thank God that we're not. Thank God that the Lord is working with us, confirming the Word with signs following. Finally, my brethren, Paul says, be strong how in the Lord and in the power of His might. How am I? I'm just a weakling. I'm getting older. My body's getting weaker. I'm getting more tired. Okay? How am I supposed to go forth and and empower and serve the Lord? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. It's His strength. And and when He had called unto Him His twelve disciples, He gave them power 
against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. The Lord empowers us, y'all. The Lord enables us. Dee, you can come. And I'm, I'm going to bring this to a close, y'all. I've got a quote I want to read in just a moment. But what, what kind of authority and power has God given us? Not this, what the, what the world seeks after. Some supernatural power to cast a spell on their enemy or, some, or get wealth or something like that just on our own. It's power to love the unlovable. And like Eric taught in Sunday school, to forgive when we've been really hurt by somebody, to really forgive them and release that to God. Power to heal the sick. Power to cast out devils. Power to raise the dead. Power to endure. You know the disciples got tired. They got tired of being. They had to pack up their stuff and run and flee because they were being persecuted. Same for Christians today and throughout time. Power to endure. To keep getting up and fighting the fight the next day. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's not easy. The way we're able to get up and fight again another day is because God's mercies are fresh and new every morning. He, he empowers us for the day. Power to run the race that God has said before us. Power to, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ through my old life here. And the new life of Christ that's in me. Power to preach the Gospel of Christ. Power to represent the Lord on this earth. It's by His power and authority and might. I'm closing, closing with a quote. This is kind of a lengthy quote, but y'all, the, the altars are open. Y'all, here, here's what I just am praying for our church. This is the third week straight on the Great Commission. We need a heart for it. We need the light bulb to come on, not just factually that we know we're supposed to witness for Christ, but we are to actively be laboring in God's fields. I am commissioned to that. I am to preach the Gospel as I go. It is the power of God of salvation. I'm going to be serving God where I am. If He moves me, He moves me. Start serving Him where you are. I need to be active. I need to prioritize this. I need to have a heart to do it to where I'm not just a professional soul winner if there is such a thing. I need God's compassion for the lost and for the unlovable and people that aren't like me. I need that compassion. He can do it. All right? And... I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Wait till you're endued with power from on high. They didn't have to wait too long. The Holy Ghost has been given. And we can receive, if you've never been baptized and you're saved, that gift is for you. If you're saved and baptized by the Holy Spirit and your well is run dry, the Lord can refill you today. You can't go out again and minister without that fresh new filling of His Spirit. Because he says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. R.E. Torrey said this. We spoke the scripture. When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now, this is Torrey speaking. You send men to the Word to get a knowledge of Christ, but it's only as the Holy Spirit takes the Word and illuminates it that men get a real living knowledge of Christ. No man can say that Jesus is Lord, this is the Scripture, but by the Holy Ghost. But unless your testimony is taken up by the Holy Ghost and He Himself testifies, men will not believe. It was not merely Peter's word about Christ that convinced the Jews at Pentecost. It was the Spirit Himself bearing witness. It is ours to preach the Word and to look to the Holy Spirit to produce conviction. 
We're depending upon His power. If you wish men to see the truth about Jesus, do not depend on your own powers of exposition and persuasion. Don't depend on your own ability. But cast yourself upon the Holy Ghost and seek His testimony. If you wish yourself to know Jesus with a true and living knowledge, seek the witness of the Spirit through the Word. And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I must look in my helplessness to the mighty Spirit of God to convict this man of sin. But I'm trying to convince the man of sin myself. Then you have to cast yourself upon the Spirit of God for Him to do the work and conviction comes. That's the only way it will come. And you and I, even when we've labored, and I'm guilty of it, we've tried to labor of our own human reasoning, our own persuasion, our ability to persuade men. We need to cast, we need to first get down like they were commanded to tarry in Jerusalem. We need to tarry at the altar. We need to tarry before the Lord and be filled with power from on high. And then we go out. Amen? And that is a daily thing. We can be daily prayers. I heard Tori say every, every uh, spiritual emergency demands basically a fresh new filling. If you want to call it an emergency. And let's stand and worship the Lord. But let's also stand and call upon the Lord. That's what we're praying today. That is the message for today. That we would, we would surrender to the, the, the ministry of reconciliation, the labor in God's field, and be filled with this heart of compassion and filled with His Spirit to go and preach this Gospel. Amen? Call upon the Lord. Be filled this morning with a fresh new filling. Father, we come before You in Jesus' name, God. And we cast ourselves at, at Your feet and we say we need the power of the Holy Ghost. Even though I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost many years ago, I need to minister and live and walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. I need to labor in Your fields by the power of the Holy Ghost. I can only be a witness unto Christ when I'm endued with power from on high. Lord, I pray for Your people. There's some here that aren't saved. God, I pray they surrender their lives to Jesus and call upon the Lord and be saved. There's some here today that are saved and not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe they've been praying for a long time and maybe given up hope. God, but You're the God of all hope. And I pray that You would baptize them this morning. Give them the, them the faith to believe and receive with all the evidence, God. There are many here that are saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And yet their well is run dry. I can't remember the last time they prayed in a prayer language or, 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 or felt the, the river of God flowing in and through their lives. God, we pray to be refilled. Filled anew and fresh, God, by Your Spirit. Take some time. Call upon the Lord this morning.